0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Office Hours. I'm Ankur. And I'm Ian. And today we're talking to Dr. Liz Arnold. Dr. Liz Arnold is a scientific technical leader at Novartis Institutes for Biomedical Research here in Boston. And in this episode, she gives a thoughtful reflection on her undergraduate experience and what many people in general get wrong about the industry.
1: Yeah, and Liz gave us a great new perspective that we have yet to hear from, and we thank her for that, and we hope you guys enjoyed this episode.
0: Awesome. Stay tuned.
2: My name is Liz Arnold. Uh, I'm currently a scientist at Novartis, um, and I'm working on developing new therapies for uh, brain disorders.
0: What do you say... When someone asks you what you do, you're at a, you're at a cocktail party, hanging out with friends and someone says, Hey Liz, what do you do for a living? What's your response?
2: Uh, I would say my go-to is that I say I do research. Um, and then people go, Oh, okay. And they're not, it's vague enough that they're like, (laughs) okay,
0: Mm -hmm
2: um and usually the conversation doesn't go further
0: (laughs) (laughs) Mm, okay do you get a lot of people that so you don't get a lot of people that try to inquire more about your job people just
1: or other people who do research that you may connect with
2: oh yeah i mean when you're talking to scientists it's different you know you can kind of jump into a shared lingo uh quicker but you know for example if i'm talking to if i'm getting my hair cut by a new stylist They might Mm -hmm. be like, okay, research, that's cool. That's about all they want to (laughs) know. And then I would say the next question I get is like, oh, what sort of things do you work on? Mm -hmm. Um, And then I usually go to, in my PhD, I worked on epilepsy. um, And that tends to be, you actually hear, um, you kind of realize when you start talking to people how, much it touches people's lives because like I you know especially when I was in grad school I was used to thinking about okay my experiments look like this and this is how I want to design things and it's very controlled and it's very artificial in a sense but then you start talking to different people and you say oh really I never knew that you know you used to have seizures when you were younger people mm-hmm. kind of share all these different stories so um, I think that's kind of how I tend to to approach things is through a disease um conversation
0: so so you so that shift in your thinking happened during your grad school is that what you said as as like neuroscience undergrads like it's hard to see it's hard to see the implications of what we do in the world yeah
1: or like just the impact in everyday life yeah when we're doing little lab experience so so
0: that was during your graduate your graduate studies is when you started to have stuff like that
2: Yeah, that's when I started approaching it like that. Um, You know, I had worked on neuroscience uh, prior to graduate school. I had um, been in industry and prior to that Hmm. uh, done undergraduate research. But um, uh, yeah, I, I think one reason I don't say I'm a neuroscientist is that people think I say I'm a nurse and then I don't know enough about nursing to continue that conversation <laughs> without correcting them. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if they, they're they like, oh, no, not a nurse a neuroscientist. They're like, oh, okay. And then that kind of ends the conversation. Okay. So when I was in college, I used to say, oh, I'm just in biology. And they're like, oh, okay, that's boring. Cool.
1: Everybody studies biology. Exactly. Yeah. And then
2: they say, oh, are you pre-med? And I oh, am no And then they're like, oh, okay. There's yeah.
0: a story of my
1: academic career.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody, everybody thinks you're pre-med. Yeah and Mm -hmm. we're not not at all
2: it's the minority though like at least um when i was in school and you know even when i was in grad school uh most bio uh majors and neuroscience majors are pre-med
0: yeah yeah i would say the same here but maybe freshman year everybody's like
2: yeah
1: no
0: that's a that's (laughs) true that's a fact everybody comes in, in everyone who comes into science is like pre-med it's like always in everybody's radar yeah. to some extent and especially here
1: the drop-off was really steep mm-hmm. coming into this year people were like oh organic chemistry and then i have oh, to do yeah. biochem i'm good
0: but. yeah mm-hmm. there is our gen chem actually here at bu oh. <laughs> i'm uh, it's gonna <laughs> horrible memories <laughs> horrible memories uh so usually so i mean organic chemistry is like notoriously the hardest like pre-med class but at bu they make it gen chem your first course and it's upsetting it's
1: a rude awakening to enter college and just fail (laughs) every quiz and everything
2: i think that was a thing though i feel like the the grades in my gen chem especially gen chem one Mm -hmm. it was like from zero to 65 and if you got a 65 you got an a (laughs) yeah you you did well and yeah, you're just like what now okay
0: No, that's seriously. That's. I remember uh, they showed the 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 grade distributions after, and like you can see how many people mm-hmm. are still left in the course, and it was like hundreds. We started with. Hundreds, I think wow. we
1: started with six eighty, or like maybe that's too high. Maybe we started around. No, like, we had we had eight six hundred. We had
0: around eight hundred, and then oh eight hundred. I think it got narrowed down to like six hundred, five hundred, okay. something. I don't even. It was exactly. it was steep,
1: and a lot of kids. Uh, I know one of my older mates is taking chemistry this semester. So it's like the off semester for the second semester of chem. Instead of the spring, it's in the fall, and the course itself is built a little differently and designed so it's more like
2: I think that would be better. to yeah. do it. So
1: it's like I think it would be
2: less chance. like you're a number. Yeah, It's exactly. A little bit more like you could ask a question without like yeah. needing a microphone. Yeah, like there's that. very
1: much that kind of vibe in general chemistry which is where hey we're gen chem and we're here to crush your soul yeah because they come into it and they're like 50 percent of the class won't pass we're like why are you trying to fail us yeah
2: right and it's uh, once you go through general chemistry that's the weird thing is i feel like like, it's actually not that hard (laughs) Mm -hmm. like when you look back on it you're like oh none of that it all felt like at the time that it was Mm -hmm. gonna break my spirit and be the Mm -hmm. death of me yeah but afterwards you're like well okay stoichiometry isn't the best thing ever (laughs) but it is counting like it's not that bad yeah Yeah.
0: what is what's your perspective on colleges that do that 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 try to break students early
2: i think that's the difference between big universities and small universities and i are small colleges i think you're gonna get that if you go to a public school or a private school um, they did that you know I have experience with both mm. um, you know for undergrad I went to NYU and for grad school I went to UT Austin they're both big universities big research environments and um, there was definitely a weed out program mm. um, at NYU um, but I definitely saw it to from an outside perspective while I was in grad school at UT okay so I feel like from friends I know that that doesn't happen so much if you're at, like, a smaller liberal arts school. It's a little bit um, more welcoming, maybe. Sure, <laughs>
1: yeah. Like <laughs> like they want you to succeed a little bit?
2: Something like that, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they almost
0: care about their students. <laughs> it creates, like, a uh, uh, like a funnel of people that kind of have the ability to study really well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if that's a, a good thing. And the people all. who do exceed are it's a very good thing because like
1: the people who do exceed are very reassured in what they've committed to and what they're going into and they know what's ahead of them. But then for the like subcategories right below them, it's maybe a time of like, Oh no, is this going to be this hard? Like, can I do this? Should I go through with it? Mm -hmm. I think a large population of our classmates have gone through that issue.
0: Yeah. I think I, like what I was saying, like was, they're like I, I, like you. You have all these perspectives from like we talk to so many people who are at, who are at the upper levels of science, and these are like really creative people, like really creative mm-hmm. minds. But like I, I, like right now, it feels that like a lot of people are are there's not a lot of diversity in, in thought, yeah, and and how people approach things.
2: Oh uh, yeah, wh- from where yeah. we are right now. What yeah. Do you,
0: think? do you think that changes during grad school at all?
2: Um I think it at least in my experience it changed once you get out of those big big classes and into smaller um, uh, more se- seminar style classes um you know that starts to drop out okay. you know um that whole idea that there is a right answer and you need to find that right answer and you know go searching there's one mission it's more of a discussion kind of thing it's more of a essay driven thing that was my experience so That framework, you know, allows for a lot more creativity Mm. because um, some of the, you know, sub specialties that I feel the most confident in from, you know, scholastic um, perspective, Mm. like I may not have done these experiments, but I know a lot about the history of it. Mm -hmm. It's from um, it's from these classes where you kind of write about it. And then you write about it in a way that's memorable to you. And that's just not going to work well with like a Gen Chem kind of format. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it gets better. I think it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. It. What I've been told beforehand is it becomes more of a community. Like you become yeah. more... Not only involved, but you have a greater understanding of why people are in it, and why you are still working with who you are working with, and everybody who's teaching is teaching for a reason. And
0: that's why it's a shame that you, you eliminate so many students yeah. is because they don't have. I mean, you they don't have the opportunity to really like f- like develop that attachment to this community and, mm-hmm. and like really explore it when you when you cut it yeah, short. Right I know, there.
1: I know. For us, that's part of the reason why we're still so interested in it is that we've seen the connections that have been made before, and we we want to get there. Mm -hmm. Yeah,
2: Yeah. I would say my like, you know, I um, graduated about 10 years ago and um, I would say my my closest connections to people I knew then were from people I worked with in the lab, Mm. you know, so I volunteered um, in um, the in a professor's lab. His name was Eric Klan, and he studied uh, mechanisms of translation initiation Um, and I did a project that related to fragile X syndrome, which is a kind of intellectual disability. And, um, the people that I know from that time, I know from lab. Um, Mm -hmm. and then, you know, you, you still have your classmates and your people that you're particularly friends with, but those are the people that like are still helping me when I apply for, you know, a grant or do this or do that, you know, they're still supporting my Mm -hmm. career.
0: Yeah. So... <clears throat> I, I just transitioning a little bit, so I, I noticed that you you worked at Pfizer right after your undergrad. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. So and, and then you went back to to grad school right after. Yeah. Was it? uh Could you like elaborate a little bit about that? Because I I found that kind of I feel like the normal path is like you go undergrad, you go to far yeah. industry, you go to like what was the what was like the internal dialogue in your head when when you made that well decision?
2: so since we were talking about college, I think if. It makes sense to start there so um so initially um most my um the department at the time for undergrads was actually fairly small Mm -hmm. like in the range of like 30 undergrads like you know between juniors and seniors um and so I was the only one that went into industry and um I was a little bit of an oddball I remember people stopping me and being like why are you going why are you doing this um, but I just kind of um, felt like if I went immediately to grad school, I would study what I did as an undergrad. And oh, I wanted yeah. to, you know, learn a little bit more about how much is out there and what it looks like.
0: Uh, do you think that other people should take that approach? Do you think that was successful?
2: I think it was successful. <laughs> I don't think other people should. I think, you Except know, just everybody. like, you're, yeah, yeah, I think just like you're saying, you know, different people... <laughs> Um, make it, you know, find their path through college in different ways. You know, that was just how my path kind of led. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, on the flip side, when I did start, um, when I did start grad school, I was like o- older than most of the other, um, most of my other uh, classmates at the time. So, uh, I always kind of knew I wanted to go to grad school, and I wanted to. Um, I kind of happened into the job and industry. It wasn't super intentional but, you know, I was trying to do something to get a job. Um, I started uh, I I went to like a mixer and they said hey, come for an interview and I said okay, as long as it doesn't interfere with my other stuff and they were like okay, you're very <laughs> driven and I was looking back, I'm like oh my gosh, that was so rude. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, then I went for an interview and actually this was um, January of 2008 and so the next interview the recession hit and they took back all the verbal offers Whoa. but I already had an offer and so I was like and I heard that and I was like yes please <laughs> I signed on the dotted line um, and then I went there um, and uh, it's a big adjustment like the way that the things are done in industry versus the way that things are done in, in the academic mm-hmm. setting just the goal <laughs> and the approach yeah. is very different Um, And so it took me a long time to kind of figure that out. Um, But then I also kind of knew, okay, I'm either going to stay here and let go of that whole idea of grad school, or I'm going to, you know, kind of uproot (laughs) my life and, and make sure it happens.
0: So, you, 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 but you went back to pharma. I, I feel like a lot of kids ne- nowadays, especially the way the media portrays pharma, it's really, it's really negative. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I can so, see that. So, so what would you say to a student that has this negative, like, what's it, what's that guy's name? Mar- Mar- oh, Shkreli. Shkreli. Martin. Okay. Oh, yeah, Skrelly. Skrelly. So... Martin Yeah. There's, there's so
1: much politics to pharma. And that's pharma. so
2: much different than what I do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he is like a hedge fund guy. And I'm sure there's <laughs> nice hedge fund guys out there, but like he is not a scientist, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. He doesn't do research. He he may understand the biology, but, um, but he's not a good or nice person. So that is not a representative of like what industry is. Yes, that is an example of somebody that wanted to make a lot of money and yeah. succeed. Yeah. Um, but on the flip side, um, he took a product that was already on the market and then he said, hey, I can take the price and I can take it here because nobody's going to yeah. stop me. Mm-hmm. And then he wasn't thinking about the ethical things or any of that. I have nothing to do with setting the price. I have nothing to do with <laughs> mm-hmm. selling it. I have nothing to do with mm-hmm. talking to healthcare professionals. I don't see any of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay,
2: so I am working in a mm-hmm. lab similar to what you're seeing here. You Mm -hmm. know, the thing that's very, very different is that any lab you would join at BU is like, hey, we really want to know the mechanism of X, and we're going to work for years and years and years on that. Mm -hmm. Whereas in industry, the main thing is, okay, we want to treat disease X. Mm -hmm. We don't care about, you know, figuring out everything we can. We want to take what's known... And add to it a little bit because you have to have you know some confidence, but you can't spend all your time adding to it. But you really want to develop something and then test it and then prove to yourself and others that it works yeah. and that it's worthwhile to put into people. Because the worst thing in the world, from my perspective, would be if we developed something preclinically and then it went into the clinic and it was like bad, yeah. bad for yeah. patients. No. That would be the worst thing. So you try to do everything you can to make sure that, you know, everything is safe and and efficacious. You know, and that's what the FDA works with all different companies to do. So
1: sure. at that level in industry of like a neuroscience, cellular biology sort of level, it's sure. more of a job of like developmental treatment more so than like we are a pharmaceutical company. It's like I work in a lab trying to help people. Is it's at least how I've always seen it. Is that it's not looked at as the roughness of actual like political
0: farming, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's much it's much it's much more yeah. it's much more academically, like it's K. not it's not as different from yeah. academia as people might think. yeah, so, so if I
2: compare my like... current day, um aside from coming down here to see you folks, um <laughs> <Thank> to <you. laughs> an average day um, when I was in grad school, it's not that much different. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more structured. Um, because, you know, I have meetings, whereas when I was in grad school, I would just blow those off. Um, hey, it's true. Uh, whereas now I try to be a little bit more, um, more structured in how I do things. But, you know, um, it's, it's basically the same. I mean, uh, I think one stereotype that is, is not true is this whole idea that, Um, With pharma, you have unlimited funds and you can do anything. Yeah, I don't feel like from grad school, you know, to coming to industry, you know, you have so much more money. I think in some, like if you are a geneticist, that might more affect you. But for me, um, it's about the same. (laughs) It's not so different. Is it?
0: And also, I, I would think... From uh, like I, I remember, in my senior year, we did this uh, thing. It's called a practicum, and, mm-hmm. and we went to uh, uh, GlaxoSmithKline, okay. and we kind of talked to people there. And actually, one of the things they pointed out to me—I had that misconception. One of the things they pointed out to me was that it's the opposite. Like you, they feel like they're you're on a very strict you have X budget. Like you can't wait. They're very they they can't be. Wait- I feel like in academia, they're super wasteful. Like they just like throw whatever out. Do you do you think that? Do you think that? It's like more limited. Do you know? Do you know what I'm saying? More restrictive. More restrictive in terms of time and resources. I
2: feel like they're they're explicitly more restrictive. Like they're trying to be, you know. Mm. Um, but the, it, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, I feel like in both cases, if I went to my PI or if I went to um, my boss now and I said, "Look, I really, really need this, and here's why," um, both are going to say yes, and both are going to make sure that I get that. Mm-hmm you know so i i do think that as long as you're trying not to be wasteful and all these kinds of things um that you know one thing in fairness that is different is i don't have to in industry i don't have to apply for funding so you know that budget That's nice. That's, will that, just that come is nice. right cuz there isn't this uncertainty based on grant cycle and be yeah. based on you know funding records and how much does the NIH have? Our budget's getting cut? That kind of thing. So I'm less aware of all that world now. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's it's almost like I don't wanna say more comfortable, but you aren't <laughs> waiting for like the funding reports or like to finalize your grant proposal to see if you're able to even continue in this research. It's more of like security wise
0: and also you're also more i think you can also be more focused on your Mm -hmm. on the science itself instead of like when you're a pi it's it's you sitting in your office writing grant proposals all the time
2: true true so you're definitely less lonely in industry which is something i uh like but also there isn't this feeling of complete security Mm -hmm. um i mean at the end of the day that's kind of a personal things so some people might feel like you know might feel it more than other people um but uh you know in industry you can try to drive the, a project forward and get it towards the clinic um and you always have to hit these milestones where you're like okay i'm going to present everything i have to you and try to convince you how awesome this is going to be but if the powers that be don't think it's awesome at the end of the day, they're kind of your NIH review board, you know, your sure. study section. They can still say no, and then you're kind yeah. of starting over and figuring things out. And mm-hmm. yeah, so it's it still has elements of that same process that you're f- maybe more familiar with from yeah. here. Is there... Is
0: there... You've only worked in large pharma companies, is that right?
2: That's kind of accidental. That's kind of <laughs> accidental.
0: Okay. Is that a good accident?
2: Yeah, yeah, it... I was just curious. I I do think it's good. I've always kind of wanted to work in a startup, but I'm not sure I can do that at this point in my sure. life. Okay. Um what do you so... what do you
0: think the what's like the reason why you're hesitating? Like, well, what what's holding you back from going into a startup?
2: So going into a startup, I think uh, I did some work with startups when I was in grad school um, and uh, they're very dynamic and you have to wear all the hats. And I think that frequently leads to, okay, this should only take four hours and then it's 9 p.m. and you're still in the office. Mm. And, you know, I have a toddler and I'm not at the point in my life where I can just like not come home for until midnight. Um. So I, the structure for me works well. I think the startup atmosphere can be really good. But you talk about like security. In that case, financial security is not a thing, right? You don't yeah. know you're working for the next day. Like, please, let's make it work. Make it work. You know. And so that's also you know having a family and stuff. Not something I'm comfortable with doing right now. But down the road, yeah, sure. I'm a, I'm definitely yeah. open to that. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It also, also with structure, you can do other things in your life, mm-hmm. like have a kid. And yeah, that is true. And, and if, if you are in these other avenues, that may
1: not have been an option.
0: Exactly. Okay. And also, you you can explore other like other hobbies. I feel like mm-hmm. you wouldn't be able to in graduate school. Yeah, where, where you're very where you're very limited in what you're doing, and you're always spending so much time, like, yeah, focusing on your stuff. So I, I was curious. I was curious about like what you personally do outside of outside of work. Your hobbies, extra.
2: For- well, so as I kind of alluded to a moment ago, most of my hobbies right now, um, you know, kind of circle around chasing a two-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it is good. It is fun. I I like to. Um, so I have fun with that. Uh, but you know, you kind of reference like, hey, in grad school, maybe you can't have hobbies, yeah. and I. Don't think that's the case. Mm. Um, And maybe that was, you know, maybe unique to the department I was in and whatever. But, for example, I used to go with um, classmates rock climbing every weekend. You know, we would spend, like, all of – usually Saturday, like, outside just, you know, going – it was in Austin, so going from, you know, rock to rock and uh, climbing what we could and, of course, falling off more than I wanted to. (laughs) But, you know, it was – being outside and being with friends and, uh, doing something challenging. Um, but you know, I have other friends that got really into, um, dancing. I had other friends that got really into improv, you know, a painting. Like I, I think grad school is a time to be, you know, to have a hobby Mm. because sometimes when your experiments don't work, that can't lead you to like, you know, take it personally that's true you know and so having that thing outside of the lab that goes okay this is all right you know and I actually made that intentional at a certain point where I said okay I have the lab it's great however I'm always going to do like some kind of extra side you know um hobby or extracurricular or something to make sure that you don't get too caught up
0: did you come into grad school with that understanding because I feel like that's a mistake people can make Potential.
2: No, no, I would say I learned that along the way. Really? I think my <laughs> my first semester, I think <laughs> I all I did was, I was grad school. I was just like so into yeah. it. And, oh, and I also like forgot, because, you know, I had a gap of, I don't know, five years or something. Um, And so I had a um, I forgot a lot of things. So I was like on Khan Academy reteaching myself calculus <laughs> and then like <laughs> chemistry. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm so excited. Yeah, my first semester was crazy and then my second semester was less and then I kind of found like a even way but no okay. it was definitely trial by error and I feel like mm-hmm. there may be like a couple really smart people that already have that part of their life figured out mm-hmm. but most people at least most of my classmates most people I know do the same thing where yeah. you walk in you're crazy and you're obsessed <laughs> with it and you're just like this is so cool I can't believe I'm doing this oh my gosh this might kill me okay i need to step back and like realize that i gotta take care of me and this will take some time
1: there's very much there i mean i think everybody should at some point but you have to evaluate that work-life balance as we've talked before with other people it's like some people it comes late some people come in with it established like i need time to myself i need time to like release from science because it's my whole life yeah and like so that's a very beneficial thing but some people do like especially for like a rigorous undergrad like Sometimes we don't have time to be doing other things. That is
2: very encompassing, yeah. And so
1: when you get yeah. in that mindset and you transition into grad school, you're like, this is my life still. This is what I need. Well,
2: and one difference I, I feel like um, is that if you go directly from undergrad to grad, it's hard To be really structured both in their science, but also, you know, in structuring your life. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, for example, I feel like... You're still
1: a kid, too. That's one thing. (laughs) That's true. Like, 22 years
0: old. I don't want to
1: grow up and be an adult in grad school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, then I guess you could not go to grad school or become (laughs) an adult and then go to grad school. So you have a couple different options. Mm No, but along those lines, grad school is not required. Like in general, like or to be a scientist, because I kind of thought, um, like when I was at your level, that it, it was. Yeah. And I'm very happy I went, but I am also very happy that right before, you know, um, my sister and other smart people were like, "Are you really, really, really sure that you want to do this?" Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't do this. Mm-hmm. And I took all of that in, and I was like. Yep, still doing it, you know. But you have that check on on yourself. Yeah. You don't, I think, need to put yourself through grad school to be a a good person <laughs> or anything like that.
1: Or or like established even.
2: No. Yeah. No. Um. I mean, and along those lines, I think one of the best places to, um, to be if if you want to be a scientist, but if you don't want to be a, and if you don't want to go to grad school. Is an industry, you know, because there's always this kind of expectation um, in academia that you'll kind of pursue that trajectory. Um, but in industry, there there isn't so much, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and you're given a lot more independence. I, so think I think
1: that's a very clouded area for us. Like in our undergraduate studies, it's very much of you can't do much unless you get a PhD or yeah, unless you do yeah. other stuff. But like in reality people are happy to have you help on any side project or even like go straight into industry is like
2: so side project yes um i also for example like i mentored an undergrad and then uh she was like okay i'm gonna go to grad school i'm gonna go to grad school and then she's like no i am gonna go do science policy and i was like rock on okay (laughs) and then now she's working um for the journal of neuroscience So there's a lot of things that you can do Mm -hmm. with a bachelor's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, doing research or not. So it's not like to be a real neuroscientist, you need a a PhD. Mm -hmm. That's
1: great to hear. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that can feel like a long slog if you're like, okay, well, I will be mm-hmm. ready when I'm 30 or something. You're like, oh, gosh.
0: Do you think Do you think it, because um, uh, another, I'm not sure if it's a myth or not, another another reason why people go to grad school is like, if you want to go into industry after, it helps you somehow in the job placement process. And,
1: and people like to say, like, they like to market it as like, your salary would be much higher. When well, that's not all that it's about even, too.
0: Is that, but is that generally true? Because you, because you've gone through the job process before before going getting a phd and after do you do you see any difference
2: um yes but there's like there's a bunch of differences right because at the end of the day every company is very different so for example um the first company i worked for um i kind of felt like okay i will only be able to get so far and then you're kind of capped. There's a glass ceiling. And that's okay. But I was like, I just am not sure that that's right for me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, after I went to grad school, I started at a company at mm. a different company. And everybody there had a PhD. So all of a sudden, mm. I'm the least educated person again. And I'm like, Oh, I didn't see that happening. Okay. And then now I come to a different company. And there are a little bit less glass ceiling. There's a little bit more like Okay, let's have a talk. How far do you want to go? What kinds of things do you want to do? You know, are you comfortable with repetitive things? Or, mm. you know, is a certain point where you're just going to pull your hair out? Like, how can we yeah. make this work for you? Um, so I think it's very company-based is what I'm trying to get at. Is mm. finding a good fit is incredibly important.
0: That's, that's really interesting. How – because I, I feel like to, to me it's like it, it's so hard to understand how the company – culture is before you go into like what is yeah what do you think if you were looking back like how how would you advise someone who's looking for a job in an industry and how can you tell them to how to find that fit how to find what's best and when did you really feel like it was a fit too yeah
2: oh gosh those (laughs) are both really good questions um okay so as far as what would i say to somebody who is looking um uh I think that's hard cuz I think if when I look back I um I didn't know until I kind of went stumbling through. Like everyone has this idea in their mind that there's like a a right direction and in mm-hmm. reality being a grown up is just stumbling through and figuring things out. Yeah. Um so but I do think, you know, it is a thing that you don't want to end up you know, some companies have reputations for being you know, kind of intense or or even toxic you know and and by speaking to people that have been there or are there you know not strictly on the interview but going beyond that I think that's really important if you know some people that are there that are genuinely happy and you know them well enough that you can kind of say like hey everything's okay and they'll tell (laughs) you you know because uh you know don't say that to everybody you meet on the interview that might not go well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah it's it's the kind of thing where also when you're around it like you guys being in Boston you can get a sense of different companies even just by doing what you're doing now mm-hmm. you know you can be like oh hey yeah I know this guy who did an internship over there and over there and this guy said everybody over at, you know, at that company is just totally unhappy like you just hear things mm-hmm. because you're in this environment like for example when I was in Austin I didn't hear any of that I didn't know Um, but I think funny enough, I didn't realize that this way of doing things worked for me until I left it. So once I went to grad school and I was really like open-minded, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I have years to figure it out. And then I kind of realized, oh man, I just missed that pace that like, okay, let's keep going, keep going, keep going. What's the next thing of the overall pace of pushing things forward? Um... And pushing projects forward and, you know, okay, this experiment isn't working, let's scratch it. Versus in academia, you say, this experiment isn't working, we will spend that year it takes and get it working, you Mm. know, Mm -hmm. Um, which is totally valuable. I just felt like at the end of the day, I had more to contribute to um, the industry setting. I was like, okay, I know that there are super smart people all around the world that can do super smart things, but where can I be the best fit for you know making a contribution
0: okay this is this is i think a a big part of this podcast is like even crushing our own misconceptions about these things and like what do you say to this like i feel like if i was to go into industry and i was to work on a project like these projects are massive they take like years right sure and if you and if you work on it all the time and like and it just gets it doesn't work or it just gets cut like I don't know. If, that's, that's kind of scary to me.
2: Okay. So there's a couple of things with that. Okay. You've heard the whole idea that like a drug will take at least a decade right yeah. before. So that doesn't mean biologists are working on it for a decade. That means soup to nuts.
0: Okay.
2: Um. So then I think it's really easy to say, okay, out of that decade or 15 years is also, Um. I think the, the actual statistic is somewhere more around there. Um, but the scientists are only, the, um, preclinical scientists are only working on it for the first like three to five years. Um, I can't think of a, I mean, there have been some projects that have dragged on longer. Um, you know, you always hear stories of projects dying and then eventually making it to the clinic and then becoming these blockbuster drugs, but they, they will spend less than half of the time, um, at the bench for sure. Um, just because the clinical part is so expensive and so long. So a, a more realistic way to think of it might be something like, hey, I worked on Project A and I worked on Project B at the same time. Then Project A went into the clinic, Project B died. Okay. And now I'm I'm on to, I've already worked on C&D. And now I'm actually, when Project A gets on the market, I'm on, you know, F, G, mm, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. something else, something way, so that you're like, oh, yes, my my uh effort was was worthwhile but it was kind of a while ago for you at that point right okay. so you're invested you know in your heart but you're not really invested in your time at that point anymore
0: okay interesting i like that that's, that's you're true. always busy
2: yeah yeah that, that's that, definitely that's true. definitely
1: something to look for as well because you can't have ups and downs in industry like it's, i mean i had Whoa. a job over the summer where it was like either 7 to 4 p.m just like work 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 or it was like work an hour nothing for like two and that was just inconsistency was not something i appreciated yeah Mm. (laughs) and so having that consistency is very nice
0: i agree it seems like you're pretty comfortable where you're at is that a fair like in terms of in terms of you're happy with like your job in industry right you wouldn't want to go into academia is there was there ever a point where like that was that confidence was kind of questioned. Where you kind of questioned whether you wanted to stay in industry or what, or if you're in academia, whether you want to stay in academia.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I would say um, I didn't kind of um, settle on this trajectory until maybe three or four years ago. Uh, mm. I was kind of open minded. There's some times where I wasn't really thinking about it, and months would go by, and you know I was kind of doing my own thing, um, but. I think, you know, small things happen where you kind of uh, look at what you're looking for, but you also look at what happens to other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, for me, I just didn't feel like I would be able to have a family and live the kind of life I wanted in, um, in academia. I mean, I just had, I know there are wonderful role models, but up close and personal, I just saw that it's. It's a challenge. And I kind of had known uh, from my previous experience in industry that it's it's doable in that sense. Like life is not supposed to be easy. You're not supposed to sleep through it. But it's also supposed to be the kind of thing where you can succeed and you can structure things in the way to kind of um, to kind of try to make that happen. Um, And so I don't know. I just didn't see, you know, my personality, my life goals, kind of the pace that I wanted to work at. I didn't see that really working for um, for an academic um, position. But, um, you know, that that wasn't the case all along. I was Mm -hmm. kind of open minded to it. And then that's what developed over the years as I kind of um, made these decisions. Do, Everyone do you think do you
0: think that. that's a do you think that's a, a general trend of a, a lot of people feel the mm-hmm. same way that they they can't or do you think it was uh, unique to you, like the the idea that that you can't balance or or it would be very difficult to yeah. balance and it would be detrimental to try and balance academia and with. if
1: and if that wasn't it, what are some like the typical pathways people may have taken
0: to try and balance? Is that what
1: you're saying? Yeah. yeah. Or well, like if if they were unable to, what other options do we have?
2: Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So say you go the academic route, and then you say, okay, I want to jump off this Mm -hmm. uh, this train. Um, There's lots of directions that you can go. Um, I think my concerns may not have been founded. Um, I think other people, you know, maybe I just... Saw some into some people's lives when they were struggling. And if I had checked in a year <laughs> later, you know, they'd be like, this was the best decision. Yes, there were hard times, but no big, you know, so you never know. Um, but yeah, there's tons of things you can do, um, you know, at any point. Like we discussed earlier, okay, PhD is not necessary. But say so you're like, okay, I want to do a PhD. So you do that. And then, you know, I jumped off at that point. Like I didn't do an academic postdoc. Um, I've worked at two companies since um, since I defended my uh, thesis, and that's the direction that I'm planning to go. Um, it's clearly not in the academic way, mm-hmm. uh, but... Um, but yeah, there's other people that you know. I was mentioning the policy thing. There's there's other people that do that with a PhD or even postdoc experience. Oh, um, another example is I know people that have run labs and then they just um, you know things kind of change, their goals change. And in my case, I know people that ran labs and are now mm-hmm. um, in industry, like leading big teams. But um, there's there's all different kinds of um, places to go. Another one is data science. Um, mm-hmm so the more you know about computer science and all that kind of thing uh, the more valuable um
0: do you know anything about the like like the startup industry cuz i feel like there's that's a new like a newer thing yeah
1: and there's also some private industries doing their own research mm-hmm. that... not,
0: not even just research just just like like technologies yeah. um like i'm i'm specifically interested in education so like do you think that would, like like do you think I want to go into grad school and do like a cognitive neuroscience program that's uh, related to something like uh, learning in a cognitive level and education? So I'm going to be eventually working at a lab that does something like that. That's what I'm doing right now. Do you think it would be beneficial to get a Ph.D. or like or go or think about academia if you if you want to jump into like a startup that kind of uses these things these technologies these ways of thinking
2: um well so i think i think a couple things about that is like do you want to be part of the development of this um, technology more from a theoretical this is what's helpful to for people to learn or do you want to come into it from more of a okay, if we're going to make the app like this, it actually would work better or be more effective like that because those are different skills, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if you can sit and picture like, okay, this is my best case scenario of like, I want to be in a startup that looks something like this and I want to be able to put in these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, You know, I wouldn't say that, you're to that you would need a PhD for that. I think... A more common trajectory that I've heard is more like I got the PhD. I didn't know what to do. I kind of, you know, <laughs> did some soul searching for a little bit. Realized that the startup world was really interesting, and then kind of pivoted into that. Okay. So I don't think it's the most common way to start and say, okay, I'm I'm thinking about things in this way. Um, I'm gonna go to grad school. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing, uh, but yeah, I mean. My very limited experience with startups was not that it's super um, super necessary to have letters after your name. You know, MBA, PhD, MD, mm-hmm. like, it's all nice. It's helpful to sell it and to raise funding, but, yeah. you know, it it's not required. Having, having the vision and getting the funding and, you know, creating something, that's the core of it.
1: Yeah, that actual like what I've seen. My brother works in a little app development software startup thing, and from what I've been told, and what I've seen firsthand is that these people care. It's not so much of like, oh, I need a good idea to latch onto. It's more like we want this to work. We yeah. are gonna put everything we have into it, no matter what we get out of it. Like, and we having that purpose
2: is really important. Yeah. 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 yeah,
1: it's a big contrast to what I think we've heard today about industry, almost. But I I appreciate that. Like, that's so crazy.
0: Uh, no, yeah, I I think, I think there's a lot a lot of value to being in startups. I, I'm just I'm wondering is if it's like like from developing the theoretical perspective. Like, do you think a lot of people, um, who are like advise advisors, are coming from academia? Like, do you think they 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 take their they they base their theoretical model like whatever's new and novel the technology, based on like. People that are already in academia or do they think, do you think they take it from someone that's already at the company that they've hired? Like, like get a board member or someone that works in academia.
2: Yeah, sure, sure. Um, I could see a situation where, you know, as an advisor, you have, you know, somebody that's a professor in education or something like that. Um, or, you know, that you have a focus group of student of, you know, teachers and, you know, you could say, okay, when you have students that struggle with this kind of concept, what kind of strategies have worked? Mm-hmm. And then you kind of learn more of the boots on the ground, um, idea. But, um, you know, if at the end of the day, you're kind of, Interest lies in rallying around and finding good people then that's a whole nother thing too, right that I mean There's all kinds of skills and there's all kinds of ways to do good things in the world Um, And I I can understand that at this point in your life that probably sounds like really intimidating But it's actually like the most awesome thing right because if you're just kind of wait and see like okay I try a little bit of this. Okay, that's cool. I try a little bit of that. Okay, I am amazing at that, and I didn't even know, but then I got all this feedback that said I was great at it, and then I did more of that, and you kind of will have this random walk to something um, that's, you know, meaningful, and, and, you know, it might not be what you initially intended, but it's yeah. mm-hmm. worthwhile. It's
1: very much a process. Yeah. yeah. That's great to hear. As, as people, uh, I'm sure as a people lot of in us, the process, as people in the process who have no idea what's about to happen. Oh, I'm still is, in the process
2: <laughs> too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: But from from at least our perspective, and our, I'm sure most of our classmates, it's very much like like what we said before is like, oh, do I just go to grad school get a PhD, or do I just feel it out? Like, do I just float around trying to get at lab positions, trying to figure out what I want to do, and that? That idea is scary because, like, you know, I'm sure we all got to pay bills. We all got to figure out what we want to do with our life. And just so much goes into you it. You in can such make
2: a the same period. amount of money, I think, as a tech as you do as a grad student. So, mm-hmm. like, I get the whole bill thing. But I think in general, taking a year before grad school or med school or, like, whatever school, any kind of smart people school, like, your brain just <laughs> needs to rest. Like, yeah. you know, you, like, undergrad is... People talk about it like, oh, it's undergrad, and then you go to grad school. No, undergrad is, like, a big thing. It's, it's, it's hard. Yeah.
1: And it, it's, it's hard.
2: It's tireless, like, I'm you know. tired. Yeah. And so taking a year and doing something and realizing that you have skills, because uh, I don't think you also will immediately notice, oh, my gosh, I'm so much smarter, like, than if I hadn't done this. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so taking that time and formatting how you want to apply yeah. and where you want to go or... You know, if you want to look for this kind of job or that, you know, it's fine. You don't have to, like, that's also the great thing about finish, like, when you're finished with undergrad, nobody will again be like, wait, you're how old and you're doing what? Wait, what? (laughs) Like, there's no metric on how old you are and what place you are. It all just kind of falls apart, you Mm -hmm. know? Like, that whole idea of um, you need to do this by year 25 and, like, none of that applies. Like, Mm -hmm. it's all... But it's just gonna make you crazy <laughs>
1: <laughs> um this has been very reassuring i think it's time to wrap it up yeah i've been speaking is... for a while this is this has been a great conversation this has been very very helpful actually. yeah honestly personally very helpful this is, yeah this has been great and i'm really hopeful on to uh, hear what other people think about it as
0: well well yeah so we're gonna wrap it up thanks liz for joining us today yeah thanks for inviting me and-